you know, we are, we've developed a, a reputation of American Detroit ready to blaze some trails and throw some bows for the boys and rouge and the gals and gold. Welcome to season four, episode two of the 451 podcast. It's great to be back once again. I hope y'all enjoyed the season premiere. Um, enjoyed myself, man. It was really great to have the opportunity to just chop it up a little bit with Dennis and chop it up a little bit with Jaime. Uh, I'd like to once again just welcome them to the 451 crew. Had an opportunity to sit down with Pato, man. It was a beautiful thing that we re-signed Pato, brought him back to the club, um, you know, and uh, just a good dude, you know what I mean? Just got a chance to just chat with him a bit, you know, as you could tell from the from the interview. Again, a humble dude, hardworking dude, you know what I mean? Very team-oriented, man. Does not really, um, isn't focused on me, 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 you know what I mean? Just it seems to that Pato just fits into the fabric of what, um, Coach James is 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 creating here, uh, you know, in Detroit City FC on the men's side, man, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know. So, um, I get an opportunity to sit down with, uh, you know, another brother today that we uh, we were bringing back, um, that had a, a little bit of an absence from the club. Um, for those of you who who might remember Lay um, Diop, who was back um, here uh, a few years back, I want to say it was like 2017 or so, Lay was coming straight out of high school, um, and uh, before he actually started his college career down in Florida, where, you know, he also went to um, high school down there, moved here um, from uh, Senegal, be uh, around 13 years old, you'll, you'll hear more about it, man, got a chance to sit down with Lay, it's gonna be dope, another good dude, humble, hardworking, quiet, cool, calm, collective, you know what I mean, just seems to be um, uh, a fellow who he was good back then and he's good now. So I'm not, I don't want to spoil any of that. Um, we got a lot uh, on deck for us today. I get the pleasure of uh, introducing you um, to another contributor to the 451 podcast. Um, we're going to gather, I'm going to uh, check in with him, uh, introduce him to y'all, <clears throat> talk a little bit about uh, USL and you know how it some USL history and things of that sort, and then uh, you know we're gonna go down, uh, go down in the tunnel, go down in the tunnel. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, there's a tunnel underneath the uh, the stands on the supporter side, uh, and you know there is somebody who lurks under the tunnel. <laughs> but if you you might not know if you have not been a part of the 451 crew that uh, you know we gather there uh, from time to time. And we chop it up and talk about the club. So, you know, I get to, uh, I look forward to just, uh, you know, heading down there and chopping it up with the fellas. Um, also, in today's episode, um, 
we're gonna have uh, we're gonna we're gonna reintroduce the bonfire man i've been poking around listening to some uh, of the creative work that folks have been doing around the usl and i uh, just happened to stumble upon a podcast where uh you know a few snarky little comments about our club you know what i mean so i you know me i can't let that go can't let that go unchecked so you know we got to remind them you know who's here baby la rouge is here welcome to detroit <laughs> so I look forward to bringing you that as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a variety of other things. Um, obviously, uh, you all might remember uh, this week that there was an announcement related to the women's side. So we'll chop it up a little bit about that as well. Um, so it's, it's going to be a good episode. I look forward to bringing it to you. But uh, let's go ahead. Um, I, what I want to do here in a moment is I want to give um, our newest contributor, Alan, a call. But, uh, you know, once again, um, just to check in again, I'm going to give a call to the NISA headquarters for those of you um, who might not have had a chance to listen to episode one. I gave them a call in episode one just to, I want to get their side of the story, you know what I mean, in terms of um, their perspective or their feelings on the Detroit City, Detroit City departure from the National Independent Soccer Association. They have since, uh, I think this was since the no, it's probably before the last episode. I might have just not mentioned it that there was a settlement that was made, and so we've you know kind of just parted ways peacefully now without you know this little half-ass you know whatever statement that it was that they put out there that was pretty funny. But but on but to be fair, I want to give them an opportunity to speak about where they were coming from with that. So let's go ahead and give Nisa a call. And then, uh, and then after that, um, we'll give our brother Alan a call and uh, introduce you to our newest contributor to the 451 podcast. All right, y'all take care. One. Is red. Oh, it's red. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, I was just uh, giving you a call, man. Welcome you to the uh, to the 451 crew to the show, man. How are you doing today? All right. Thank you very much. I, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's great to, to to have you on board, and uh, you know, I know I mentioned this to you a, a little while ago, and but it takes some time for me to, to get rolling. But once we get get rolling, we get we make things happen. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I've always appreciated some of the conversations that we've had, and you got a lot of knowledge about the game and some of the things that are going on in a broader sense. I've appreciated your perspective. So um, yeah, I think it's gonna be dope, man. All right. All right. So uh, I guess just to start off, just like I you know last week um, or not last week last first episode the season four premiere, I talked to Jaime and uh, and Dennis about just their sentiments about the USLC jump. Um, how you feeling about the jump? You know, I, uh, I've known about the, the USL for a long time. It's always been around, uh, but I really didn't know much about its origins. So I, I looked into that a little bit and it was very interesting. Uh, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. It seems uh, like they've had different a lot longer iterations. than I thought. Yeah. They, uh, now it hasn't been as. USL there's some predecessor leagues that came before it but kind of what led into the USL 
really started in 1985, just after uh, NESL ended. Yeah. And uh, it really, it, it started as uh, an indoor league, which I didn't realize. And uh, the, the kind of the guru of, of USL, uh, Fernando Marcos, uh, he was a, a, a former NASL exec of various teams. He kind of put together this uh, indoor soccer league, you know, as, as people were looking for things to do after NASL collapsed. Uh, and then that kind of gathered steam and, and, and more teams got involved. Then they spun off an outdoor league out of that back in 89 and uh and so as as that grew it kind of uh they started to get in national perspective and uh and that led to the formation of the united system of independent soccer leagues in 1994 so so this is going back a ways i mean for national leagues wow. in the u.s that's ancient history yeah, yeah uh, we, we, we don't have a lot of leagues that go back like uh, like the leagues in in, the, in Europe do. So uh, no, I didn't not. realize that, and uh, and that was pretty interesting. Another thing that that people might be interested in is that uh, one of the predecessor leagues to USL actually put in a bid to become the Division One league in the U.S in the lead up to the world cup in 94. Yeah. I remember somebody had posted some primary documentation of that on Twitter. Uh, the fellow from the cosmos, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so there was, there was a, uh, one of the predecessor leagues, uh, was, uh, American professional soccer league, APSL, uh, was, uh, one of the groups that put in a bid, and of course, the other ones, uh, uh, well, one that actually won the bid with USSF, uh, Major League Soccer. Uh, so that uh, uh, they didn't prevail. They got outvoted, but they did get a few votes. So I guess there's an alternative timeline somewhere that uh, <laughs> as the APSL is the Division One league in the U.S. And uh, that would have been a very different route. They uh uh, they had a different idea of what to do from the MLS bid, which was a uh, single entity yeah. uh, where the league would essentially own all the teams and centralize the business practices and things like that. Uh, that's what uh, USF wanted. That's the direction they wanted to go into. I, I don't know a lot of details about what their perspective was in terms of how they wanted the first division to look like, but I think it probably would have looked a lot more like a traditional uh, league that we see around the world, uh, much more team centered. So that's an interesting uh, what if, if uh, if the APSL had gotten uh, first division status instead of uh, MLS. Yeah, yeah. And that was back in what ninety three. So so kind of after that, APSL after they lost the bid, they didn't really see much of a future. So that's when they uh, hooked up with. Uh, with the uh, the predecessor other predecessor league to, to USL and they ended up uh, uh, merging at that point. Okay. 95, 96. And that's when uh, that's when they applied for division two status and that's uh, and start building out their own pyramid uh, internally. And that kind of led up to the USL. Uh, so 
so that's uh that's kind of interesting uh yeah and uh now one of the things about about usl that had been kind of people had always wondered about was uh, how they ended up being owned by a third party and uh normally leagues around the world are owned by the teams in the league right from a, a, a board uh usl is owned by new rock soccer holdings and uh they they were actually uh, a pdl team owner mm. and so they had some some activity within the league itself and ended up purchasing the league as a whole the ownership from nike so Nike was the owner of the league and they ended up, Nike ended up with USL because Umbro, Nike bought Umbro. Umbro had bought into to USL uh, back in, uh, they, they had been a sponsor of both uh, uh, the USL, APSL. So some of the predecessor leagues uh, and then they ended up purchasing a majority of it in uh, 1990, uh, 2006. So Nike bought Umbro just a few years later than that. And they kind of were looking at all their holdings and said, wait a minute, we own a soccer league in the U.S.? What's what's going on here? (laughs) Like, wait a minute, nobody told us about that. It's like an extra scarf just hanging up in the closet. (laughs) It was was, was listed on the part of the sheet that said other, other. Oh, there's a second page to to the spreadsheet. Oh, shit. (laughs) I think they uh, they realized that they were not too keen on uh, operating a soccer league and kind of put it out for sale. And uh, so this, uh, so one of the team owners within the structure ended up buying, and that's where the Papadopoulos, Papa. Papadakis, Papa, Papadakis, Papadakis, yeah. Family came in, and they're still involved, uh, of course, uh, uh, in 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 the leadership of the of the USL along with others, and uh, so so that's kind of a little bit of background of where USL is coming out of, uh, and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. To know that the league that we're getting involved in, that Detroit City is getting involved in, has a has a, a fairly long history. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know that in Detroit, our main interaction with USL or one of the USL leagues has been through uh, uh, the Michigan Bucks being in PDL for so many years. They're another team that's been around for a long, long time. Which for our um, listeners that don't know, that's the USL League 2 now. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the, uh, the summer, uh, amateur league for college players, uh, kind of what similar to the NPSL that we were involved in from, uh, our initial involvement. And, uh, there had never really been a pro team in our area through the USL pyramid. There's been other pro teams in the Detroit area in the past, but not, uh, not so much through the, the USL pyramid. Uh, I think that the, the owner of the Bucks at that time, Dan Duggan, uh, uh, had the rights to create a pro team here and never exercised him. And I, I, I think that the, it's been a little unclear whether, you know, how he ended up 
losing those rights or, or giving them up or USL claiming them back or who knows. But uh, he, he would mention that on occasion that, Oh, I'm thinking about doing this. And uh, they wanted to build another, another investor wanted to build a stadium downtown Detroit, just like Detroit suns. <laughs> right. They talked about. Yeah. Building it. Yeah. So there was, there was some question about, you know, whether a stadium could be built and then, whether Duggan can use his connections with his brother, the mayor and all that stuff, but, uh, uh, nothing came of that. So, uh, so I really, our experience with USL has been limited in our area and, uh, and here we are. And, uh, so that's, uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it's, um, it's a league that, I, I think probably has in its DNA the thought maybe we should have been on top. Seems like it, yeah. And uh, but I think uh, it clearly MLS was happy to use USL for a while, and then when they decided that that really wasn't in their long-term interests to do that anymore, kind of cut them loose, and has left USL. Uh, having to rethink some of their long-term strategy. And uh, I I think that's going to be interesting. I don't know where that's going to lead. People are asking, well, does that mean they're going to go ahead of competitor to MLS? Are they going to have aspirations to create their own first division? Uh, I, I, it's really, it's hard to say Uh, being that it's involving us soccer in some way uh, it'll be unexpected and weird. So uh, uh, expect the unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, we're, we're gonna have opportunity to to kind of circle back. Me and you, I'll, I'll I'll call and check in, and uh, let's continue that conversation. You know, I think for a lot of our listeners here, um, for the 451 podcast, it'd be good. You know what I mean for us uh to just continue to peel back the layers of how this new league that our men's side is heading into and and the women's side heading into USLW within oh, yeah, the USL yeah. network as well um how that fits into the larger um structure the larger landscape of American soccer particularly with professional soccer on the men's side at least and then uh, my understanding is the women's side even they're going into USLW that um I think I remember hearing that the the the, the destination eventually is going to be in that super league to have a professional women's outfit. Um, so you know that should be that should be interesting. But uh, we, but we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll connect again. Uh, but uh, you know I gotta I do gotta um, uh, get going. Uh, but I wanted to uh, see um, are you if you're available. I'm in a short while here. I'm just gonna uh, meet up with uh, with Dennis down in the tunnel. The the tunnel? The tunnel. Oh the tunnel you know the tunnel the tunnels below um the the stands in Keyworth. You know, below the supporter stands, those tunnels down there, sometimes we gather um and just uh, just chop it up a little bit. You know what I mean? So uh the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. He's yeah, just that he, cool. Tell he's been in. he's been down there by himself for a couple of days. I don't know, I think he lives down there. <laughs> um we're hoping that ready uh, for the storm, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, um and I think Jaime might be there. Uh from my understanding he might still be hung over from the Peru match, so I think he might still be bedridden. <laughs> But we'll see. Uh, so, all right, cool, uh, Alan. I'll let you go, and then uh, let's let's head on down to the tunnel.
right, y'all. Welcome back to the bonfire. It truly is a pleasure to reintroduce this segment. Today's contribution to the bonfire. Well, let me correct myself. We're not going to contribute you to the bonfire yet. So let me go ahead and turn the uh, turn the fire down. <laughs> this consider this right here. This is just a warning shot. So as you all know, Detroit City FC is heading into the USL Championship. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that already. You're either a supporter of the club. You're in the you're 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 in the you're in the loop somehow of the communication of everything that's going on. More, more likely than not. And uh, so with that jump, you know, we step into an arena of different kind of supporters for different clubs, some that I wouldn't even acknowledge as clubs, merely franchises. <laughs> and yes, we're all within a franchise model. I get it. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing my research. I'm checking out different podcasts, for example, right, to just get a, a flavor for, uh, you know, what, what what's the temperature around a league as it relates to. Uh, Detroit City FC's entrance into USL Championship. So I'm listening to different podcasts and whatnot, clubs, supporter podcasts. And there's a couple of podcasts that are at the league level. I don't know if they, they're from the league or, you know, they, they're hired by the league or, or if they're tapped by the league or they're just different supporters for different clubs that come together and decided to cover the league in whole. But the USL show, that is going to be who gets the warning shot today, baby. Now, on, I believe it was November 10th, 2021, episode 22 of the USL show. That was the first episode, I believe, that they had after the announcement was made that Rouge was jumping to, I'm going to jump to, jump over to USL championship. <laughs> and uh, so they had some things to say about our jump. And I'll say, I'll, I'll admit, you know, overwhelmingly, the... Uh, the commentary was positive. They saw Detroit City as a huge asset to USL Championship, or an asset, I'll say. I won't overspeak it. It was, I think, it was overwhelmingly seen as a positive thing that we were coming to the league. And you know, there was also some conversation about how that is a good jump for Detroit City FC due to the relative stability of USL Championship. It's been around for a while, as um, we just talked about with my brother Allen. In different forms, it's shape-shifted over the years, and indoor, outdoor, called this, called that. But nonetheless, USL as an entity has been around for a bit. Anyway, so they were saying, yep, that's a, that's a positive thing for a club like ours that was looking for some kind of stability. It's unknown what's going to happen with NISA. You know, I, I don't I, – I mean – Nisa's having some instability, right? We leave and Oakland left. I don't know how much instability Oakland leaving actually means anything to anybody because Oakland really didn't prove themselves in any way, shape, or form. I don't know. They were announced to come in the league when we came in as well as Chattanooga as part of this crew and I think Michigan Stars too. So that just goes to show, I mean, <laughs> Oakland and Michigan Stars being announced along with Chattanooga and Detroit City. It was just, I don't know. I don't think we're on the same level. I just, we don't. Oakland does some great things in the community. I'm not saying that they're not, it's not a good club and they're not doing good things, but I, I just don't think, I think that a lot of people were giving them credit before they even had accomplished anything. All right. I just saw some sexy marketing, some great t-shirts, some things of that sort. Anyway. Um, so most of the, most of the chatter 
on the episode was positive, but there was one comment that was made, and I, can't, I don't know the fella's name because I don't know them very well. I'm sure he's a good fella, but he said, oh, and by the way, Detroit City FC retained their IP, intellectual property, which was confirmed by Sean Mann at the press conference when it was announced that we were going to USL Championship. So that's great. That is great. And as I still don't fully know what that actually means while we're in USL. What I do know that it means is that when we leave USL, if we leave USL ever, that we will retain the intellectual property. But it still doesn't – that's still not clear to me what the restrictive nature of USL as a franchise model, what it does for our IP while we are in USL if we want to make changes to our brand are we consistently looking for them to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down? You know what I mean? And, and to me, you know, when you, when you enter into that kind of system, you begin to lose some autonomy, right? Because you, you have a big brother above you. You have daddy, you have mommy telling you, you can and cannot do something. And I'm not saying that there's not a level of that, that exists in some ways, maybe within Nisa, but certainly it's, it's significantly different. That's the independent nature of the league. And I think even with Nisa, with all of its faults, I don't think that I think that there are pretty shallow arguments that says some of these things that are going to indiscretions with the league office and not making payments here and not holding people accountable and the funny nature of the LA force owner and his, his power. And, you know, the goalkeeper who went on a pizza populist extravaganza on Twitter. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things going on with Nisa. But nonetheless, I don't think any of it takes away from the independent nature of what they're trying to build there. And I think it's important. I feel you. I feel you. And uh, so anyway, the snarky comment about the IP um, is that, you know, they said the, the fella said, you know, well, so big, bad USL is not going to turn you into Detroit Red Wolves. No, and I don't think that anybody thought that that was going to be the case. All right. So, and obviously I think he probably would know as well that that was said with a little bit of a hyperbole, but here's the thing. This is, this is why you're getting the warning shot is that I don't, I don't know what club these fellas support, you know? Um, and this isn't a warning shot to all of them. It's whoever made that statement or just the undermining nature of us being defensive and being protective of what we built here in Detroit. I mean, people can try to downplay it all they want. They can try to downplay it all they want. But what we have here in Detroit, Detroit City FC, La Rouge, is special. Nobody has what we have. Let that be clear. We are a once-in-a-century club. It popped up right here in the city of Detroit. Again, a community organizing effort meant to uplift the city of Detroit that grew into the connection of the original owners who said, hey, let's do more with this Detroit City Football League. Let's build a club and see what we can continue to do with it. We've, we've, we've built something magnificent and that, that not only is something fun to come to, some fun to watch, but something that very intentionally serves the city of Detroit. And the fact that our club has the autonomy and the independence in ways to actually build the relationships that we would like to build to uplift what we want to uplift within the city of Detroit, using our club for leverage for those who are already doing great work in this city. That is extremely important to protect. It's not just about soccer. It's not just about 
the name of your the name of your club. It's not just about the colors of your jersey and who can say you can you can have these colors and you can have these colors. It's 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 about the relationships, the the the, the business relationships that you can build with small businesses to uplift them to create an economically more economically viable community. Detroit right here where we're at here in Detroit <laughs> has we have a lot of issues. We've got a lot of poverty. We've got a lot of poverty going on. We've got a lot of people struggling. And I'm not saying Detroit City FC is here to save the day, but it's one of those it's one of those movements, one of those companies, right? Cuz it is a company as well, right? That is doing some beautiful things to 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 do a small little piece to restore um, what is what is tumbled in this community, and not just restore things, right? To go around and be the savior of everybody, but actually to to amplify, magnify the beautiful things that have been happening through the storm all these years. So I think it's important for people when they when they make the smarky snarky comment about whether or not the big bad league is here to crush your club and to kind of undermine that or to minimize the the sentiment that comes from behind that i think it's i think it's a little bit misinformed and i think that you do not know what we have here you really do not know it's not just smoke on match days it's not just cool tifo it's not just a a, a presence by one of the sgs on social media social media <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's not just about that. That's the stuff that you see on the surface. What you don't see is the relationship that the club builds with the Metro Detroit Black Business Association. You know, what you don't see is, you know what I mean, the Detroit City Select System, the club that's being built here in the city of Detroit to expose more children here in the city of Detroit, particularly Black youth to the game, to provide more opportunities the, the variety of other things that could go on and on and on. Some of the great things that TJ Winfrey is doing as chief, chief of partnerships. You know what I mean? That, that is stuff that is really worth protecting. And then it's important to understand why some folks might be defensive about that. So you'll learn. This is a warning shot. <laughs> USL. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit, baby. <laughs> Hatred and fix all the mess There's gotta be a way much more than this To find a 
What's happening, man? You doing all right? Hey, man, what's up? Hey, where you been? I've been down here for a while. Yeah, you know, I always wondered what happened down here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. In between <laughs> games, that stays down here. No, 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 uh, no Jaime, huh? Uh, I haven't seen him. Uh, last time I saw him, I think he was uh, being carried out with a crowd of uh, Peruvian fans, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, he's pretty happy about that. You know, they're on the, yeah, yeah. On, on the verge of a World Cup berth, so... <laughs> Man, so uh, anyway, me and uh, me and uh, I was talking to Alan on the phone earlier, and uh, we were talking about uh, USL and, and whatnot and the history behind that, and um, uh, related to kind of related to how USL fits into the larger landscape of American right. soccer. Well, speaking of that, speaking of the larger landscape of American soccer, what, what's going on? Do you know what's going on with the uh, uh, New Amsterdam Pizza Company? <laughs> you know. Seems to have gone quiet over there the last couple of days, but uh, they had quite the weekend. It sounds like. Um, it sounds like. Uh, sounds like the CEO there, or whatever he is, I don't know. It sounds like he might have been on a, a little trip to Europe and maybe overindulged in something or other. <laughs> yeah, something. But, something's uh, going on. 
yeah, he was, he, I, it sounds like he had the munchies for himself, but also wanted to help out other people with theirs, maybe. Yeah, I still, I still didn't get my pizza money. I gave him my Venmo, so. Uh. Yeah, you know, I was hoping he might chip in for this wedding I got coming up in a few months, but I never heard from him afterwards. So. <laughs> I, I, I did talk to Taco on the side. He said he actually got his pizza money. <laughs> so, I think Taco got, a, Taco got enough pizza money, I think, to, um, to get himself some pizza and then to get pizza for everybody that was helping out with TIFO over the weekend. Yeah, so well, some some good came of it too. Well, God bless the keeper. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, um, Dennis, I think, have you met uh, Alan before? This is Alan. I think we've, uh, we've spoken on occasion briefly at a couple of events. Cool. cool. Well, uh, Alan's joining us on the uh, part of the 451 crew. Um, nope. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, another brother in the mix. So what's what's up, uh, you guys? What are you guys thinking about these uh, announcements? I think last time Dennis, me, you, um, and then I checked in with uh, Jaime for a bit. Um, I think we've had about four new player announcements. Um, yeah, you we act- had. Uh, you called one of them. The uh, which one did I call? Stein Monster. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah, I wanted Nate to be given a chance. You know, I think I think he's done enough. It's, it's kind of slanderous to suggest that we might we might go into a new league season without Nate being between the sticks, or at least give him the chance to be there. Yeah, he, uh, he won the Golden Glove last year. You know, like there's there's no really accounting for that. He already knows most of the players and and the system. So I was hoping he he would be announced, and then. It came. I guess he uh, he figured out what his work situation is going to be for this season, and I'm really happy to have him back. Yeah, I was. I was actually, honestly, uh, mentally, I was already um, pivoting because I thought I thought that he might be. He not that I think he absolutely deserves a chance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that we should sign him. But I thought you know with uh, with his gig and his other gig, and uh, you know the birth of his child and whatnot, wasn't sure whether or not he was going to be making the jump with us so I, my mind was already speculating on who we might sign um, right but we still you know he's he's the one keeper right now for for a usl championship alan do you know this like typically the would you usually have two two one or two backups or yeah at least two um i think some teams are carrying three keepers right now okay yeah yeah any any uh speculation on who else we might uh bring on board in the keeper position or there's been a lot of talk about people wanting to make a run at uh Evan Luro who was here before yeah um yeah. who is injured right now and it sounds like a pretty serious injury so I don't know how that would work if we would sign him for half the season or sign him with the hopes of him getting back earlier he'd be a pretty high profile backup I think though so that might not come to pass. I haven't really heard any other goalkeeper names being thrown around. Yeah, he. Um, so there was there was a conversation I was in um, on uh, on Twitter that uh, folks were saying they were speculating that he wasn't even going to be able to be fit until you know well into the season. He actually responded to that conversation. Oh said, yeah, and said that's that that's inaccurate. So oh, okay, he, yeah. So he he what I got from it, my interpretation of it. Was that um, no? He's 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 healing and he's uh, he's looking to be fit to 
to be signed somewhere. So, and we already know. Well, at least he's he's not been signed. back. I think he parted ways. Actually, not only did he not sign back with Tampa Bay, I think that there was some statement that he was parting ways with Tampa Bay. I hadn't seen that, so I don't read. You know. Wow, that's uh, if he's a uh, if he's going to be out there, I, I imagine a number of teams wouldn't mind having him uh, once he's fit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's certainly a, a guy that that. You know, um, if he's fit, fully fit, you know, might even be making a jump elsewhere, even outside of USLC. Who knows? Yeah, that but, wouldn't be surprising either. No, no. So what else? Uh, you you were, you were mentioning, uh, what, we got Matt, Maddie's back, Lewis? We got that, Maddie back, which I think was the worst kept secret in uh, in Detroit <laughs> City News history, seeing as his... Uh, his arena league team announced it for us about two months before we started announcing players um so that wasn't super surprising but the longer they kind of left it hang out there it sounded it it sounded like more and more people were getting a bit worried on that one that he uh maybe he wasn't coming back but i wasn't surprised to see uh you couldn't bring stevie back and not bring maddie back like you know, they're partners in the most iconic or probably top two iconic celebrations in uh, DCFC history with uh, along with Roddy up there and the Detroit versus everybody t-shirt. Um, I don't think you could really have one without the other making a jump. And, and you know, and, and as much as some of our... Uh... Our foes and our, our early foes in USL like to poke fun at the D3 signings that we had. Maddie's one of those signings that um, oh he, he was he was loaned out to uh, El Paso if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah, he was brought and, in as some uh, mid-season cover. And they and they were uh, they were I think they had like the third or fourth best record in the league. <laughs> yeah, I think they were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made a good run. Well, I yeah, actually, I don't so. remember whether or not they made a run in the playoffs. But no, I think they were. Didn't Oakland knock them out? Was that El Paso? I, I do not know that one. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I not, didn't, we weren't I, there yet. I didn't pay too much attention to them. Right. I didn't. I didn't start keeping up on anything really until our announcement was made. <laughs> so who else do we have on on deck? Then we got uh, Brad Dunwell, who's got some. Uh, some great USL experience. He was at OKC in Houston. So, he, but he's, he's a Michigan guy, I think. So it sounds like he's coming back home. Um, And, you know, I was looking into him a little bit. Like he started every game for his college. He was in college at Wake Forest. He started 91 games and had like the best record in the nation or something over his four year span there. Yeah, he's a fellow um, out of Grand Rapids, I think is where he's from. Yeah. Yeah, then he used to, in on his offseason from Wake Forest, he he came back to play for the Michigan Bucks. Um, yeah. one, 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 of the champion, one of the championships they won, he was on that squad, right? Yeah, he won, I think he won three uh, conferences with them, and then he won one national title with them. So he's good caliber. Yeah, that's a, the, for those who don't know, that's the Flint City Bucks now. That were formerly the Michigan Bucks. That were formerly the Michigan right. Bucks. That were formerly, I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. The big bad Bucks. The big bad Bucks. And I, so, what I was reading from um, um, Sean Spence with his uh, uh, words with shapes, right? Um, words about shapes. Um, his breakdown of uh, Brad seemed to suggest that. Uh, 
he was very what we would call um what we would call uh bakey esque. <laughs> yeah. Bakey Goodman, very very much like Bakey playmaker. Um you know, move moves moves well off the ball. Um kind of a pretty solidified force there in the in in the center mid. That's good. That's good. A bit of creativity is always uh always needed. Yeah, thinking about um I was watching his uh, highlight films. It was pretty impressive and just imagining him lay and uh Maxi uh making it work. Ooh, man. Yeah, it's an exciting sounding uh uh 3-0 in there. Yeah. And then uh the last one that we've had uh the Declan Declan Wynn. Yeah, New Zealand player born out of uh Johannesburg. South Africa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had um, quite quite a story. <laughs> he had uh yeah, it sounds and I haven't gone fully into what the story was, but he was called up by the New Zealand national team um when he was nineteen, made a few appearances, and I guess then there was something came up with his eligibility to play for them, which got them disqualified from the Olympics, I believe. Yeah. And he seemed to take kind of the brunt of the, the bad press on that even though I mean a player would be the last person who would get blamed in that situation I feel like but yeah. I guess the, the New Zealand media didn't take it super easy on him uh, which sounds a little bit unfair um, yeah. I mean there's people who are paid to, to research that kind of stuff and figure it out and make it work so I don't necessarily think there was anything he could have done like he was already it sounds like breaking his back a little bit to get back and forth between here in New Zealand to even play games and play qualifying games and whatever which shows his commitment to them you know so yeah, yeah it seems like he uh seems like he's coming to a good spot yeah it seems yeah. it sounds like uh Trevor and Tiffany might be the the right kind of uh team to work with someone who might be a little short on confidence um, yeah. which he doesn't even necessarily need to be either. He's got good, like, USL, and he's got some MLS uh, experience, too. He played, like, 36 games in the MLS, I think, for Colorado. Colorado so, yeah. 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 yeah, he had the misfortune of being at Colorado when they were not a great team. and Right. So he, uh, he saw probably a lot of rough time while he was there. Yeah. Which obviously then wouldn't help with confidence, right? When you're uh, when you're already taking the brunt of some stuff. Um, but then yeah, he was at OKC too. But from what I could see, him and Brad didn't cross over. So, right, right. They uh, they both went on their separate paths to turn up together. Uh, city. So he's a left back too, and it sounds like he's Trevor's kind of left back. Um sounds like a lot of his uh usl woes were kind of came or were born out of being uh converted from like an attacking kind of wing left back into the left of a a three-man yeah center center half position uh positional group which he's uh he's not i don't want to say he's short because he's 5'11 which is what height i am but he's short for a center half um and yeah, it sounds like maybe that didn't suit him the most. So hopefully he can thrive a little bit with uh, assuming that our our tactics are going to be somewhat similar 
to what we've had the last couple of seasons, he should he should slot in there pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So so we'll probably assuming that we we, we keep a similar formation, probably going to be sliding into a role similar to Jimmy or Kevin, right? Yeah, yeah. If we're if that's what we're working on, I know there's still there's still a lot of squad to be filled out, and I I'm assuming we're gonna have some. Uh, Try, I don't want to say trials because trials to me says more like I could show up and try out, you know, but like more professional trials coming up. Um, yeah. I see Oakland University announced their spring schedule today and they have City down to play in a few weeks. So, Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember. It's March. It's a Tuesday in March, I believe. Um, and it's going to be open to the public. Got to wear a mask, but it's like at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday, so okay, might be tough for some people to make, but that would be a good scouting opportunity too. I, I actually have a work meeting there at that time, so I might be yeah, able to make it. yeah. You know, fr- fresh oh, time okay. is pretty close to uh, <laughs> fresh time is pretty close to the dome, so I might have to just take an extended lunch that day too. We should we should get together and see if we can work out some partnerships between our uh, respective departments and businesses. Yeah, right. It's about about yeah. halfway, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we can uh, maybe we'll grab lunch and expense it. Yeah. Have anything to do with football? Right, right, right. So that so yeah so like you had mentioned though what we've got one let's see we've got Nate, um, Stevie's coming back, Connor, Matt, Pato, Maxi, um, Lay, Reese, Devin. Brad and Declan. It's a uh, what is that? Uh, 11, 11 folks on the squad so far. I think we have a we have a start in eleven. If we needed to play a game tomorrow, I think we could. Uh, well, assuming they're all in the city, but we have eleven names we could put on a team sheet tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I uh, I actually got a chance to. I know Lay's in the city. I got a chance to connect with him. He's actually. I'm going to be talking to him here um, shortly. I know he arrived into town uh, a couple days ago. Actually, I think at the end of last week, maybe. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that was that was great. Got a chance to just kind of, s- quote-unquote, sit down and talk to him. You know, everything's virtual right now, but, uh, yeah. Right, right. Really cool fella, man. I mean, we already knew this, right, because he played with us before, but uh, just such a humble, humble guy. Just, uh, man, I look forward to seeing him grow with us even more. Because, you know, last time, we were talking about him. Last time he was here, man, he, he was just fresh out of high school. He was just heading into college. Yeah, he was 19, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's still, you know, still quiet, humble, hardworking dude, you know what I mean? Um, Right. But cool, calm, and collective, man. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be dope to see him. Yeah. And then I see um, see Phoenix Rising announced that their captain is leaving today, Solomon Asante. So he's 31. I gave him a quick look up because I saw it, like, 10 minutes before you guys came down into the tunnel here, I, sh- I heard that rumor that maybe he could be heading his way to Detroit. And if it's not a rumor already, I think we should start it. Hey, hey. <laughs> that would get the pot boiling for sure. Yeah, it would. <laughs> there's, some, uh, there's some vocal fans over there that would enjoy that one, I think. Oh, they have – oh, you t- Phoenix, they've got a, they got a men's uh, soccer team in Phoenix? Phoenix Rising, yeah. That's the that's oh, the rumor. Never heard. I think of they're them. new. They're, I think they're new. I haven't heard too much from them. Oh, okay. They have apparently yeah, haven't. All, I, apparently, they haven't risen enough because I've I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what so uh, we also heard this week, uh, you know, related to the, the the larger scope of the club outside of the men's side, that we we have a uh, um, some announcements of who our women's side who are going to be starting in USLW. Um, right. At least who's going to be in the Great Lakes Division? Some uh, s- looking looking good here, huh? Oh yeah. Some uh, old names there, yeah. Yeah. So we've got obviously Detroit City FC. We've got AFC Ann Arbor. Um, old foe of ours, uh, Flint City AFC, which is uh, a kind of a merger of Flint City Bucks and Corktown AFC, aka the Pride of Corktown, mm, yeah. uh, which uh, was a breakaway group uh, from the Detroit Suns FC. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. The, yeah, that's a, a uh, that's a historical one. There. Yeah. yeah, the the Pride of Corktown though I thought that was interesting to see because uh, little do uh, probably a lot of people might not know from the outside in that um, you know some of our original owners are actually residents of Corktown and um, part of this club came out of a, a community organizing effort that started literally in Corktown so it was interesting to have a uh, a group of people come in and try to stake claim to that when. We have some pretty deep roots. Actually, some of the initial conversations between my understanding between Sean, Dave, Alex, Todd, you know, when they were um, met in the DCFL happened with um, some of the pubs over there right in Corktown off of Michigan Avenue. <laughs> and they started yeah, on little napkins. <laughs> right. Yeah, I see. Uh, there's They have city scarves and McShane's, I think, and a couple other places down there. Yeah. And then we have uh, Kalamu, 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 <laughs> FC. I'm assuming is that the uh, uh, same club that we used to play in MPSL, maybe? I believe so. I think they announced a uh, women's team sometime last year. Yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel like I remember some Sorry. interaction yeah. on Twitter about it, yeah. And then... Uh, King's Hammer FC probably has to be probably the best name of any other than Detroit City FC in the in the division. King's Hammer. It's definitely yeah, it's definitely a standout one for sure. They play. Uh, it looks like they play out of uh, Cincinnati, but are based out of Co- uh, Covington, Kentucky. Yeah, I saw they were the second Kentucky team. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right across the river, so it's it's uh, Metro Cincy. Okay, okay, and then uh, Indy Eleven. Hmm. I, again, I just kind of like uh I didn't know they play. I didn't know they had soccer teams over there. Huh. So, uh, See, that, anyway. one, hey, that, that one got you in trouble because Trevor has a history there. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll edit that part out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Midwest United FC, which, if I'm remembering correctly, was an offshoot of Grand Rapids FC, right? Initially, at one point in time. Isn't that when they shifted over or no? I think that's. Uh... That's the side that's out of the big uh, youth club there. Okay, okay. They're a top side. They're a nationally ranked top side. Oh, I know. I know. We 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 played them in the last league we were in, right? We're both making that jump, and they actually were the one of the well them in that that Chicago squad. We had a little bit of trouble with actually. Yeah, no, they're they're really they they produce a lot of good players out of that club. And then uh, to round it off, the the eighth team in the Great Lakes, uh, Racing Louisville. That's the other Kentucky squad, right? The other Kentucky team, yeah. Yeah. So, well, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to uh, to circle back around and talk about um, more of that as it's 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 coming together with the USLW jump there. Um, For sure, that sounds like a lot, like of, it's a lot be of doable uh, road trips. 
Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Detroit, Ann Arbor, Flint, Kalamazoo, even Indianapolis, Grand Rapids. Kentucky's not even that, you know, heading down to Cincinnati slash Kentucky area is mm-hmm. not, not, not that bad either. What, three hours? Right, right, right. So that will be an interesting time for the, the Rouge Rovers. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see how that uh, what that competition structure is going to be too because I know we're in – a division with like seven other teams, but there's 43 teams in that league. So, yeah, yeah, that uh, that's uh, that's pretty big for uh, for a, a league to be starting off with. Sure is, sure is. There must be quite a carrot. Any any insight, Dallin? You know any insight about why why? Well, US- USL used to have a, a women's league kind of similar to what the W League is. Uh, and then they kind of they wound it down very unexpectedly, and uh, a lot of people were really surprised uh, because it's, it was, you know, relatively successful, and uh, it kind of left a, a a gap there, and so a lot of those teams migrated to either uh, WPS or you know some of the other uh, amateur leagues, so um, them jumping back in, and then immediately announcing a second division women's pro league uh, really have kind of jumped right back in to the women's game in a, in a, in a larger way than they did even before. So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, they're starting to get commitments for the super league, which is going to be the, the division two women's league uh, pro league. And, uh, and people are waiting to see how that's going to interrelate with the, the first division, uh, uh, NWSL and whether that's going to set up reserve squads in there or, or not. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I think it's a, uh, it's interesting development that we're going to be on the ground floor of. And that's a lot, that's, that's fun to, to know that you're, we're going to be right there at the start. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. But Well, fellas, I gotta, uh, I gotta get going here soon, but uh, um Anything else? I'm trying to think of anything else. Want to? I had one more thing. I did want to congratulate uh, Melanie Forbes, who sa- who played for us last year, who just oh, signed yeah. for a, for a team in Portugal, and I'm now going to butcher her name, which I did write down. It is SF Damiense Feminino, I think. <laughs> but it seems like they're a newer team. I looked I looked them up real quick on a transfer mark. They only had like two players announced and. Um, just wanted to wish her the best. Um, Amen. We'll be keeping an eye out, like we always keep an eye out on our ex players. So, definitely, definitely. yeah, definitely. that that was great news to hear that. Yeah, hopefully she can uh, she can make her way back to Detroit someday when we're maybe around the Super League time. She will be welcome back with open arms, huh? She will. She will, as usual. All right. Well, speaking of uh, returning players, I gotta I gotta head out here and go have a chat with Lay. So yeah, get after it. All right, man. Al, All right. Good to see you. All right. See you soon, Dennis. Talk to you. Good. Bye. Good to see you guys. Drop down here anytime. So my name is Abdullah Job. 22 years old, from Dakar, Senegal. Um, I came in the U.S. when I was 13, 14 um, to continue playing soccer and pursue my education as well at the same time. 
Um, I went to I went to high school. I went to high school at Montford Academy, which is down in Florida. I, from there, I graduated in 2018. From there, I went to Eastern Florida for for two semester, I would say, yeah. And then from there, I went and signed my first professional contract with Atlanta United. Who am I? I would say I'm just a I'm just a I'm just a kid who isn't afraid to, you know, pursue his dream, work hard. Off and on, off and off and on the field, yeah. I, I think that's that's something I would say about me. I would say I'm a very calm guy. I'll be quiet. Um, I get out a lot. People saying I'm a bit shy and I don't talk too much and stuff like that. But I've always been this way, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think I wouldn't change it because I like it. When it comes to to me, I would say I'm a very honest loyal not to brag about anything but this that's just how i am a guy that loves to work hard and energetic and um that's good yeah and and i'll just say this like as a supporter who appreciated your presence on this club in the past um and was really excited to see you return to the club some of the things that you said to describe yourself i would have assumed that you know what I mean? One of the things that I appreciated about you, at least my perception of you from afar, when you were here the first time was you seemed like a, a very humble person, very quiet, very hardworking, you know, very disciplined, you know, in a variety of different ways. A lot of the times, you know, what we see on the pitch is a carries over to how a person is even off the pitch, you know, so I think that's, that's a testament. To, to how you carry yourself, you know, because a lot of the yeah. ways that you described yourself, that's, I would have assumed that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so if, where, where do you consider home? You've been here in the state, you said since you're 13, but do you still, is, is Senegal still home? Oh yeah. Senegal will always be home, but I think after Senegal, I'll say you as my second home. Yeah. Because I feel like I've done so much in here. I mean, kind of grew up in here, I would say. Yeah. Coming here at 13 and then not going home for five years. So I came here in 2013. And then last time I went home was in 2018. As of right now, I think I'll call Senegal home first and then Florida, my second home. Yeah. And then now I'll say Detroit. <laughs> hey, man. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome home, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so I just out of curiosity, because this is always interesting to me. Um, what was that transition from home, Senegal, to now what you call as a second home in, in the U.S.? What do you um, remember of that transition? It wasn't easy, I would say. I mean, leaving your family at the at the very young age, coming the coming in the country where you don't know anybody, you don't know the language, the weather is just a bit of a <laughs> is a, a bit of a change too. I'm sure um, that even from Senegal to Florida is still a change, right? Because Senegal is yes. closer to the equator, so right. So. Yes, yes. Senegal's always been hot. I mean, we get cold weather, but not even close to Florida and stuff like that. But I mean, it was a it was a really tough transition because I remember my first time here, I didn't know any English. <laughs> and yeah, I couldn't communicate or anything like that. I would speak in French and then go on Google. So that was the only way I could have a conversation with somebody is just 
go on my phone, translate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then let it let it to a, to somebody read it so they could understand it. I would say it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy easy transition, but again, that's that's life, that's soccer. I mean, I have the opportunity and I take I took it without even thinking about, you know, oh, you're about to go to another country where you don't know anybody, where you know, it's the it's the beat of life, like you struggle and then after that, and now I'm just now I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And yeah. I don't regret taking that the opportunity to come here where a lot of some some guys wouldn't, but I'm glad that I took it. Yeah. And here I am now. Again, it wasn't it wasn't easy. I mean, <laughs> it was never easy to be honest. But right. I mean, the culture, the culture back home is, is very different compared to the US. And um, I think I've struggled the first my first year, I would say, until a year and a half. But then after that, I had a couple of friends. I started making friends with with other Africans that went to the high school with me. And then from there, I got help. Yeah. And then after that, it was just it was easy to connect with people yeah. and then I think it was I think it was just depending on on how about speaking the language I would say that so yeah after that after, yeah yeah that was the biggest thing yeah and then after I got that on lock and then yeah it just started being easier yeah yeah I'm yeah. sure maybe uh cuisine and stuff like some of the even the surface aspects of culture but I, I can imagine yeah. even the deeper like um nonverbal forms of communication mm-hmm. and just different things yeah. of how you see the world right yeah yeah i've got my my wife is of nigerian descent and so her her parents um immigrated here from nigeria she was born and right. raised in the states but her older sister was born in nigeria and she's okay. back home in nabuja and you know my two brother-in-laws her younger brothers they grew up mm-hmm. young in nigeria but now they're here <laughs> so very transnational family and so it's, right. it's interesting uh there's always a special part in my heart you know what i mean for mm-hmm. african brothers and sisters who are making that transition <laughs> you know i know that there's right. it's just a lot you know what i mean because yeah um what was your What was your experience like? I know this wasn't. I, I didn't mention this as one of the questions that uh, I sent mm-hmm. you prior to our interview. But um, is it was it uh, Mount, um, Montverde? Is that how you pronounce the academy? Montverde, Montverde Academy. Yeah. What What was that? What yeah. was that like there? It was good. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed my time in there. Had a couple. Of, I struggled a little bit in there, but it's a it's an international school, so there's there isn't much to say about the school. I would say. Gotcha, gotcha. And I think, yeah. um, what was it, uh, Gie, right? He was, yeah, was there with you, right? Yeah, Musa. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He was there with me. Yeah, 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 that's right. I remember when you both came here, I think you both came, I remember seeing that you both came from that academy. And I think you yeah. both were playing uh, college ball, or going to play college ball at the same place, right? Yes, yes. Not not the same place. So Mount Verde was was a high school. Well, no, I mean, and then, you, you and Musa were going yeah. to play at the same place, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We went to the same year after that. Okay. Well, so what So what yeah. brought you the first time around? Um, what brought you to Detroit City the first time around? And, uh, and, I, and the follow-up question is, what, what made you accept the invitation to return? Um, so first time I heard about Detroit was from my college coach, Oliver Trees. Shout out to him. Um, uh, yeah, he was the one that proposed me that um, – Trevor spoke to him about me and Musa and stuff like that, that he would like us to join a team. And then 
I remember they sent us a couple of images about the stadium, like the fans. Oh, us getting crazy <laughs> with the smoke and yeah. Yeah, which was yeah, the smoke, which was crazy to me. I was like not used to seeing it in the States, right? Not yeah, not really. And then I remember I had a couple of offers to to go play for other USL League Two teams, PDL and on the NPSL as well. But when I saw those images and then and I heard about um, Trevor's background of him um, getting used, like he used to train, he used to train younger kids. Like and I remember I was 19 back then. So you kind of need that type of coach. And I remember I had a conversation with him of, um, you know, how he likes to work, how's the team, you know, how's the fan, how's the environment. And then, yeah, I, I remember after I had that conversation with him, I just turned out all the other offers and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to Detroit. <laughs> and again, but those pictures and then seeing the smokes, that caught my eyes too. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to Detroit to play it for the summer. Yeah, man. And, and I think if yeah. I remember correctly, the last time you came, that was prior to the upgrades of the field, right? You played on the old game so, yeah. where it was a yeah. little rough, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, then you'll if you haven't had the chance to yet, um yeah. you'll see that the pitch is quite different now than than what you had to play oh, on. Really? Cause I think there was a lot of divots and it was old it was an old turf, I think, when you played last time. Oh no, I think it was I think turf was perfect when I was when I played. Oh, here. okay. Maybe it maybe it was right after we got it installed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. And so so what made you accept so you had experience with the club. You have experience playing um, for Coach James. Um, that could be, you know, for a player, that could be good or bad, right? You have experience. If it's a bad experience, you don't want to come back. Obviously, you accepted the offer to return, and then we're making this jump to USL Championship. What made you accept it? I remember I had a great time here. Like, probably one of the best time I had in my soccer career so far. So, you know, when I, when I see the team jumping – you know, seeing where they started from and then, you know, started to to go little by little to to leagues and then now they're in the USA championship, you could see how how great of a club it is to just take those little steps that a lot of I would say a lot of clubs ignore, but which is um which is something that every player should respect and I respect that from the from a from a club. Yeah, when I when I saw they joining the USL championship, and then, I mean, I had I had I had other offers as well. I had offers to stay with Atlanta United again. I had an offer from other USL, a couple of teams, and then, to me, those offers, like I said, just like the summer I talk about the summer when other teams wanted me to go play for them, and then to me, Detroit for me is always a no-brainer when it comes to when it comes to playing for it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just I mean I can't describe the feeling, but as a player, it's just you will want to be in a in a in a space in a in a place where, you know, you're loved and um Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you're appreciated and yeah. You're appreciated and then yeah, that's I feel like I always got this respect from the club and um from the coach, from the fans. So me coming back here was no brainer. It was just like, oh yeah, yeah, 
if coach if coach James call, you just you can't say no. <laughs> I like yeah. I'm, that's how that's how I made my decision. I was like, I just turned out those offers. Like yeah, I'm going to Detroit. Good. Good. Well, I mean, yeah. we we uh we are definitely benefactors of that, man. I appreciate you. You know, coming back, we were there. Are a lot of us, we were really excited when we saw you know your name announced. Um, one yeah. of you know, one of a couple handful of players that you know, I've been supporting the club since 2014, I missed the first couple years. Um, and so there are a few players that still pop up in my mind where I'm like, man, I hope, I hope we're able to circle back and and you know, bring them on board as we go to this next level. So what, uh, like, okay, so on a, on a, from another angle, as a player, as somebody who soccer has been a significant part of your life for mm-hmm. a really long time, what do you feel are some of the greatest lessons, life lessons, um, that you've learned through playing soccer? I'd say sacrifices, hard work. When I say sacrifices, I mean, like, soccer is on to me, it isn't just like a sport where people just run around the ball. There's so many things that involves around it, like so many things that a lot of people don't see. For me, the biggest thing I've learned is that it's it's okay to to get out of your comfort zone. That means being a richer family, which is a great thing, but you cannot ignore the fact that you can you can strive from getting out of that comfort zone. And that means like traveling to another country where you don't know anybody, where you don't know the language. And uh, I think, yeah, that's, to me, that's that's something that I learned that sacrifices and hard work will get you anywhere you want mm-hmm. as long as you put in that work. And then to cherish the moment you have in every, every team you've been or every sport you play. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, um, I reflect on this a lot. I was a, um, I played a lot of um, soccer when I was a teenager, particularly mm-hmm. like from like when I, around the time, you know, we were talking about that transition 12, 13, when I moved, when I was moving out of Detroit, that's when I got introduced to, to the game. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it helped me, it helped me cope with a lot of changes. But I think about, do you remember when you were younger and you first were picking up the ball and you were learning how to juggle a soccer ball and remember those moments where you could, you juggle it twice and it would fall and then you'd pick it up, try yeah. to juggle it three times and fall. And just yeah. that whole yeah. tedious process of building that touch with the ball and everything yeah. that you did to get to a point where you can juggle that ball hundreds of times without letting mm-hmm. it touch. And then you start to learn how to be adaptive, right? And, and start using different parts of your body to give other parts of your body rest. And then just thinking about how, man, there's just something about the game, the fluidity of stuff like that and how right. when you begin to find that rhythm, how you can keep that ball going, but like you can find that rhythm in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it can help you through a lot of tough times. Yeah. 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 So as, as supporters um, for us, um, what can we do to assist you in reacclimating to the club and to the community? 
man, get their laundry list out because they're going to be listening now. So you're like, I need, I need, I need twenty five dollars a week. Uh, bring me some hamburgers on Thursday. No, <laughs> I'm going to get mean, you some Maddie's. Like I said, I sent you that link to Maddie's okay, over here. Great, great. Yeah, we're going to get you hooked that. up I'll now that, that you're in, now that you're in town. We're going to get you some at least some uh, maybe the closest <laughs> thing to single uh, food. <laughs> yeah. Um, Senegalese, I said Senegalese, Senegalese. To be honest, there's there isn't much that I would that 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 I would ask, but I mean, it's for me just seeing the guys, just seeing the people at the stadium, you know, cheering on you, screaming at your name, you know, that to me, that's the most important thing. The supporters being behind the team, you know, like I said, screaming at them. Mm-hmm. you know boosting them the confidence because you don't get that anywhere else but in Detroit at least where I've been so yeah I would say just you know just keep pushing us just keep supporting us keep you know being behind us like you always like like you always do yeah that's 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 the only thing I would say no doubt, no yeah. doubt. Well, we'll make sure. Yeah. We'll make sure to get the word out. Okay. <laughs> so, what what are you what are you looking for? Uh, what what are you looking most forward to in the upcoming season? Uh, man, I can't wait to start again. You know, playing in front of the fans again, <laughs> uh, seeing the smokes out. I'm also excited to. You know what I'm looking what I'm looking for the most is just you know win as many games as we can, trying to make it to the playoff. Because you know Detroit City is a is a winning team. I mean, everyone likes trophy, right? Um, yeah, I think what I'm looking for is winning as many games in our conference and uh, trying to make it to the playoff. And then from the playoff, who knows? Maybe win the championship. <laughs> I know it, I know it's a a lot of, a lot of people would see us as a as a brand new team, but as long as we have the fan behind us, I think that changes a lot of things. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to winning as many games as we can and getting to know the guys. Well, we we will uh, yeah, we'll definitely yeah. be behind you, man, and be the extra extra source of adrenaline that you need when you're on the pitch. You know, yeah, we, we don't got doubt you. that because I remember you. my time here, man. It was crazy. There's <laughs> one time I made a I made a tackle, and so I went down. It's <laughs> I, mean, I can't. I can't even describe it, man. It was crazy because <laughs> if you play at your hundred and then you play at your hundred percent and then you heard the fans, you're like, "Oh, gotta gotta bring that up." You go to go to one fifty. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta go to, yeah. You gotta go to one fifty. I got to hundred. And yeah, there isn't a lot of teams that get that, and that's something you will get in Detroit. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, I can only imagine because I remember being playing varsity soccer in high school and mm-hmm. for um, for homecoming when we would have a soccer match on homecoming day would be like the mm-hmm. special day that, you know, the football team would come over and all of a sudden we would have like 70, 80 people at our match, you know, um, and it was just like, it gave you so much adrenaline. I can't yeah. even imagine, especially when you were here the first time, man, like you were straight out of high school. You were just, you were, you were just heading into yeah. college. So that had yeah. to been like unreal. Yeah. And yeah, it was unreal. Cause huh. I've never played in front of that crowd before. 
and then I remember I remember after the season and then we went with them back to college and then I was just used to brag about it and then <laughs> you know not brag about it but like you know you're like source of pride yeah like I, was, I used to tell my teammates like man I was surprised when I was playing that field man the, the atmosphere was crazy and they you know they would ask a couple of questions like how could you play and how could you how could you play and not because I remember I was young I was the youngest in the team and then I was like man there's no there's no fear or anything like that but you know them seeing those pictures they would think that oh, wow this is crazy how could how can you how can you play with this much crowd in front of you I was like man as soon as you step on the field and then you hear them singing your name and then <laughs> Yeah. And then you just forget, you just forget, you just like, you just want to win at that time. So yeah, it was definitely crazy. Man, good, that good. Well, we look, we look forward to giving you some more memories like that, my man. Yeah, we definitely do. You, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, uh, to, uh, to wrap us up here, um, was there anything else that you wanted to, uh, to add before we part ways? Yes. Um, I would say, Thank you to all the supporters for the welcoming. I see a lot of tweets and <laughs> I see a lot of tweets of everyone welcoming me back, which is which is really which is which is which is pretty good for me to to see that so many people want you back in in here and then me being me wanting to be back here too. I feel the the feeling is mutual. So I really appreciate you guys for everything and um just know that I've seen all the messages and all the welcoming messages. And I think you guys should be excited because we'll be, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be, we'll bring you guys some, some more memories, I would say. And looking forward to seeing you guys in keyword this Amen. year. Amen, man. And you know, iron, <laughs> iron sharpens iron. You're, 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 you're just as much a part of this club as any one of us supporters. Even, even yeah. when you know you, you left and came back. Even when you were gone, man, you're always gonna be a part yeah. of this club. We appreciate yeah. it. You know what I mean? The, so many little pieces that make this thing tick here. The special little thing that we got going here in Detroit. And um, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's really dope to see you back in the mix. Um, here in Detroit, man. So I, I wish you Thank nothing you, but, but the best. Um, good health, you know what I mean? Good focus on your training, everything in preparation for the season. And uh, we'll see you out there on the pitch, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Till I got to say how to the bad guy. Pretty gritty in the key. You see a flag fly, chin check. Past that, we came to sweep the leg. With all disrespect, LaRouge will bruise your head. 2012, the scene pop. We came to clean clocks. Your team is dream drop. We gave some mean knocks. Stomping on the comp. Yeah, we chomping on the bit. Manny came and went, but they ain't stopping none of it. Uh, community built, community owned. Roast and foes, coast to coast. Leave your whole postponed. Spirit of Detroit. Lemons the lemonade, Yemen and Bangladesh make a stronger braid. City in the city, within the city, with deep. Witty with the banter, cause I can't concrete. Now come and get it if you with it, we committed to go. Detroit for everybody, you already know. Locked and loaded, always ready to bust. Pop and smoke, leave these jokers in dust. City of black, excellence is a must. To leave these crusty little clowns in a ring of rust. From southwest to Brightmore, five points to Denby. Ain't no friendly, we leave our enemies empty with envy. Yeah, we coming heavy, and we're sinking your ship. Now it's time to show the world who they messing with. The rules on the scene, wipe your feet when you creep through the gates of keys. 
We holding the crown, many enter a round, but they get pounded down. Let's turn around. You enter through those gates, you face your fate now. Come take your shot, many come, but they don't leave, they cleave to what we got. City till I die, say hi to the bad guy. It's a pity that your city's too itty bitty to fly, but we clipping the wings even if they don't flap. Take it back to 2010 and you'll see where we at. This ain't a deep pocket, they try but can't knock it intact. You can't drop it, they buy but can't cop it. Yeah, we got it locked. Taking over the game, you see that crust up on my chest, ain't gotta say the name. Community led, community rooted. You can't purchase what was built, you know you feel the movement. This is how we do it, you see. Repping the deep. Three quarter of a million raised a patch up the key. And you ain't never ever seen a better weather scene. We ain't dropping, we still popping like some pleather jeans. We'll leave you looking lean, cause we're fiending your plate. It's dinner time and you ain't climbing, time to seal your fate. Don't forget the hollow ground you step to. When you hugging on that fence, we will disrespect you. If you bugging and you bite, then we might just get you. Got the key keying in, all up in your mental. And when the rules rovers move, they take over. Home got new owners, leave your left loners. Look, some new cloners, yeah, they jocking our style. Get used to what you see, cause we'll be round a while. The rules on the scene, wipe your feet when you creep through the gates of key. We holding the crown, many enter on grounds, but they get pounded down. Let's turn around, you enter through those gates, you face your fate now. Come take your shot, many come, but they don't leave, they cleave to what we got. Mm. 